It simply isn't an adventure worth telling if there aren't any dragons. J.R.R. Tolkien It doesn't matter what we write, so long as we write continually as well as we can. C.S. Lewis You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. We have talked at length about our own writing group, The Forge. So for this episode, we are turning to two masters who were part of a writing group together. You may have noticed that we had two openers, one from Tolkien, one from Lewis. Their writing club was called The Inklings. Which is so adorable, I love it. These names you may know from works like Lord of the Rings and The Chronicles of Narnia. Lewis ended up writing a lot more philosophical works and nonfiction, as well as his fiction and children's fiction. I think in general, he wrote a lot more. Tolkien just focused mostly on his Middle Earth, etc. collection. The format for this episode is we're going to have a Tolkien quote paired with a C.S. Lewis quote. Lee here is going to read the Tolkien quotes. I'm going to read the Lewis quotes just to kind of keep that formatting across the board to make it easier for everybody. So let's get into this. It's the job that's never started, takes the longest to finish. Whenever you are fed up with life, start writing. Ink is the great cure for all human ills, as I have found out long ago. Both of these quotes get down to the basic of just write. Not only does it help you feel accomplished after you've written, but it helps you work through your issues and work through whatever it is that's holding you back in life and whatever it is you don't like about yourself. Writing is the cure for a lot of these human ills, according to Lewis. And I know Tolkien's quote may be a little bit of preaching to the choir to our particular audience. But if you've ever had an idea that you've thought that would be such a cool book, but you haven't started it, you're never going to finish it. These next quotes talk about how they interact with their audiences, and especially the people who don't have faith in them, don't believe in their quality of work. Those that have criticism for their work. Some who have read the book, or at any rate have reviewed it, have found it boring, absurd, or contemptible. And I have no cause to complain since I have similar opinions of their works or of the kinds of writing that they evidently prefer. Some people write heavily, some write lightly. I prefer the light approach because I believe there's a great deal of false reverence about. I love Tolkien's quote here because it's just like anybody who doesn't like my writing, well, I don't like the stuff they're interested in, so I don't really care. We've spoken about target audience several times in the past, and this would have been a great quote in that regard of, well, you're allowed to hate my stuff because your stuff is awful. (laughs) Your opinion is bad because you like bad things. And Lewis is saying something similar here of, don't pretend to be all high and mighty because you don't like my stuff. I prefer light writing. Because that's when the most joy comes in the storytelling. If you want the heavy stuff, you can go over there. Yes. We're considering these quotes and using the reference of, do I share a target audience in order to understand whether or not we need to take the advice? 
And that's what you need to look at when you're looking at criticism for your work. Are they in your target audience? If not, take their criticism with a whole heap of salt. Just leave the criticism behind and eat salt. This next one, I think, tells about how these authors come up with characters and especially how they have those characters interact with each other and you, the author. Someone else always has to carry the story. It is in their good characters that novelists make unawares the most shocking self-revelations. I like Lewis's quote here of when you are writing a good character. I'm not saying good evil. I'm meaning just a very well-developed character. You realize a lot about yourself. That writing selfishly should bleed through into your characters. And it's no surprise to me that Tolkien said someone else has to carry the story because Frodo is technically the main character, but come on, Sam. Sam was the hero of the story. Absolutely. But I think that interaction between the characters is really what makes it work because if Sam were the main character, he wouldn't have been nearly as interesting, I don't think. No, absolutely not. Because you have Frodo, who's truly good-hearted and is the one that can carry the burden, and Sam that can carry him, but would not have been able to carry the ring itself. And that's the kind of thing that Tolkien's really good at, is having a cast of characters that all support and carry the story, which is not an easy thing to do. Yeah, having a large cast of any kind is difficult. This next set of quotes I adore. A single dream is more powerful than a thousand realities. You can make anything by writing. It's all about imagination. It's all about tapping into that creativity that you have within you and just letting go. Letting all of that out and not worrying about what's real. Creating the world is a lot of the fun and what draws writers to writing and readers to their writing. Our next set really ties into this idea of imagination. Fantasy is escapist and that is its glory. A children's story that can only be enjoyed by children is not a good children's story in the slightest. This is one of those quotes that you have to look at the target audience. If you are not writing fantasy, you're probably going to take issue with the, you know, fantasy is glory. (laughs) Obviously, Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings. He's best known for that. In this case, Lewis wrote Narnia, and he's going to be known for that, especially in the children's category. But have you ever read the Narnia stories as an adult? I've only read the Narnia series completely as an adult. And they're still phenomenal stories. Absolutely. And it's an interesting litmus test to see if something is good for target audience A, is if target audience B enjoys it. I don't necessarily agree with that kind of logic, but I agree with the statement in itself in that children's stories about the blue rabbit that bounces around that's really annoying, the baby shark, is not a good story Even if kids like it, it doesn't make for a compelling story, a good children's story. 
And as good as it is at a young age to have those super simple stories that adults will read to their kids because, well, they're just learning language and words that are more than four letters long are hard for the kids. Once they start to get to kind of that middle grade area, that era of the Chronicles of Narnia, that's when you can really start pushing them to bigger ideas. And that escapist element, I think, helps them deal with the conflicts in the stories. They're not likely to encounter a white witch who makes it always winter, never Christmas. But they can know that doing the right thing and protecting your family and rejecting Turkish delight are good concepts to keep in mind. Turkish delight is gross, okay? (laughs) (laughs) This next set of quotes talks about the writing process for these authors. And I feel like everyone will eventually develop your own start to how you create your art. Last episode, we talked about Agatha Christie, and she does it while doing dishes. That's when she gets her best ideas. Tolkien and Lewis have very different concepts as well. It gives me great pleasure, a good name. I always, in writing, start with a name. Give me a name, and it produces a story, not the other way about normally. First, I do not sit at my desk and put into verse something that is already clear in my mind. If it were clear in my mind, I should have no need or incentive to write it down. We do not write in order to be understood. We write in order to understand. So we know who's the plotter and we know who's the pantser. (laughs) I'm amused that Tolkien, who is so enamored with names, has Sam, Bill, and Mount Doom. I can definitely see in his writing that Tolkien is infatuated with names first, despite Mount Doom. (laughs) But I'm sure that that's a translation of something in the language that he created ahead of time. I feel a strong connection with Lewis's quote here, though, of if I know it all already, why should I write it down? Because it's a story in my head and I'm the one that matters. Yep. But if I don't know all of it, then I need to get it out. I need to figure out all of it. And that takes me sitting down and writing. And I think a lot of the bad writing I see comes from people who write to be understood. They want someone to take their words seriously. They aren't writing to communicate with themselves as much as they are trying to preach at somebody else. They're not trying to understand the world or themselves or a situation. They are trying to make everybody else understand their viewpoint. So when Lewis says, we write in order to understand, there's that empathy there where you understand the thought process of someone you disagree with, where you learn about yourself. And that starts when you write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.